Is there anything you want to know about me? That I, like, yeah, any question you have for me about me? Have you ever crashed a car? Yes. When? Stand up, fussing and fighting. Hi. I'm Nolika Radway, and this is Raising Rebels, a podcast about oppressed parents raising three children. Today, I'm, I'm going to get like misty already. I'm like, feel like I'm going to cry right now. I am joined by, I don't even know. I don't even know how to like, oh, I know what we are now. We, My sacred connection. You are my sacred connection. I'm joined by my sacred connection, Andrea O'Brien Vives. And say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, I'd like to start the podcast, as you know, by sharing one word to describe how you're feeling right now. So how are you feeling right now? Anxious. Mm. I have a lot. There's a lot. I'm anxious. Yeah. I am feeling tender. I'm feeling really tender. Ooh, yeah. That's so, a good word. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really tender right now. Um so, um, introduce yourself to the people, Anne. Hi, everyone. I am Andrea <laughs> O'Brien Vives, uh, mm-hmm. uh, co-host of the podcast Triggered, co-host of the That's podcast right. The Cheat Code, um, mm-hmm. mother, wife, new wife, <laughs> new mm-hmm. wife, old partner, um, daughter, goddess, witch woman, writer, all sorts mm-hmm. of things. Um, putting it out mm-hmm. in the universe, and um, I'm That's really right. happy to be here. I'm really happy to be here. I'm, I'm pa- former uh, guest on Raising Rebels, so I'm happy to be back. No, you're like you're you're always in the background. People don't know you're always like in my back of my head through all of everything. Um, so tell us about your your people, your children. Okay, so my people, I have three people, and I have a 17 year old daughter who is. She is like the best person. Like she is so much fun and she's so intelligent and it's just been amazing to watch her grow. And she's a senior in high school. So we're very excited about all the things because she's actually back in live school for five minutes. Um, and I have two bonus people, twin twin daughters, uh, Niani and Daphne, my turnips, the turnip twins. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> they are... They are the people that get me to meet my highest self in the way that they stretch Mm -hmm. me and get me to look at things. Um, And in the way that their father has, before marrying me, since since the dawn of time with them, really raised them to have a voice, which is so Mm -hmm. anti-Jamaican mother upbringing. And so watching them become people, because I've been in their lives for a long time now, people with a voice and watching their interests grow and who they're becoming individually and together has just been an amazing time. So they are 12. So they're in seventh grade and they are, they're big girls now. And it's just amazing to watch. I guess my last question is about, about them is mm-hmm. what are, I guess it's like, what are you hoping for them in this like world that we're in right now? Like, what are your hopes for them? Oh, so having three black girls, <laughs> um, my God, I just want them to be free. I just want them. I mean, there's always going to be fear. There are always going to be challenges, but I want them to know that whoever they are totally to the bone is okay. More than okay. It's wonderful. It's designed 
and that mm-hmm. they have everything they need to work through the fear and the challenges. And I want community for them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just that not having to do this alone, like they can be alone when they choose to be because some people are singular beings, but to know that there's mm-hmm. always support and resources and ancestors and mm-hmm. just love mm-hmm. here, that love is abundant and that they have, they they are part of an abundant life. Like I want freedom and abundance and community and love. Like if I could name like the four mm-hmm. things. Um, I love just- it. I love it. <laughs> Yes, I want that for all of them, too. Um, So today we're having a really heavy conversation. Uh (laughs) I don't know that there is an episode of Raising Rebels that's not heavy. So I will just say that. But um, this one feels partially because I'm doing it with you um, and that we just have such a an intimate relationship. So like you, you know, all my shit. I, I feel like I know. You know my shit. And so (laughs) so we're in it. Um, And today we're talking about um, telling your truth with to your children and kind of like, what does it look like when you reveal all of who you are, parts of who you are Mm. that you are sometimes even hiding from yourself um, because of shame, because of oppression, because of our ideas of like what the relationship between adults and children should be and all of those things, but really how important it is to tell your truth in order to be your full self. Mm -hmm. If you hope to have any kind of like intimate, authentic relationship with these people. And so when I was thinking about, um, what I was thinking about this topic, what came to mind for me was like, well, what keeps us from doing that? Like mm-hmm. what, what, what really keeps us from telling our children, telling anybody our whole truth. And something that came to me really quickly was this idea of rejection. And so, you know, on the podcast, I ask guests um, to do a recollection um, and we do the recollection as a way to honor our young people, but also to like honor ourselves, to bring who we were as young people into the space, because I really truly believe that's the way that we heal um, is by thinking not about like who we are in relationship to our children now, but like who we were. And so I asked you <laughs> to do a recollection um, about <laughs> about a, a memory of rejection. And, you know, I asked that you go as far back in your memory as possible. Um, and so will you share a story with us, please, Anne? Yeah, this one was this one was tough. Um because if I'm going as far back as I can, you know, when you think about rejection really quickly, you always think about like the boy you liked or the girl you liked or what have you. Mm-hmm. And if I really went back and remembered the first time I felt utterly rejected, um, I actually was younger than that. I was about I was about nine. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was I was in dance school and it was the first time like I felt like it was a, a rejection of me totally as a person. Um, I was in dance school. I was nine years old. I went to a dance school called Independent Dance Theater in Laurelton, Queens. And one of the teachers was named Oswald. Oswald, if I think back now, I think Oswald was a queer man. Um, You know, very like typical dance teacher, all the attitude, all of the, I need you to emote, I need you to get the performance, what have you. And I thought he was the coolest person on earth. And he might have been in his 20s, if I, if, who knows, because, you know, when you're nine, everybody older seems old. 
and we were dancing to Thriller. Ooh. And, you know, there was a bunch of black girls, girls from my block, what have you. And there was another girl named Andrea there as well, I remember. And we were kind of the same coloring and hair and what have you. And she was a favorite. I was not a favorite. And Oswald used to just like levy these scathing reads of people. But we're like anywhere from nine to 13. So we are at our most impressionable time. And I remember we had finished a rehearsal and I didn't, you know, I would talk to my friends in rehearsal, but I didn't do too much making myself known or what have you. I'm trying to always small myself up as a Jamaican would say. And he's standing in the front with a few women I don't know. And again, they could be in their early 20s. They could be late teens. I don't know. They just seemed older. And he stops me and he grabs my face and he looks at me and he was like, you're a pretty girl, but it's your attitude that will spoil you. Just like that. And two of the women what? were like, oh, Oswald, what? That, that wasn't necessary. And he's like, I'm just saying. Now, I don't know what I've done to him. I don't know what I've done in class. We've never had a conversation outright, outside of him correcting a dance step or something like that. And this person who I thought was the coolest person on earth who could dance, who was, you know, this beautiful chocolate st- statuesque black man who I looked up to, even if he didn't know it, had just stopped and rejected my entire personage without knowing me. Mm. And it has stuck with me for years. I remember the room mm. I was standing in. I remember what I had on, my little leotard and tights. I remember, you know, what he had on. I remember one of the girls was on a bike. It was devastating. And I went home feeling so down. And I remember like, who do I tell this to? You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, It feels stupid. I don't want to tell my friends who I'm walking home from dance school with, but I'm seriously shut down. You don't tell Jamaican parents anything because you don't know if it's going to be, and I I always generalize, but my mom specifically, you don't know if she's going to go up there and raise all sorts of backside up in that place, which Mm -hmm, will be embarrassing, mm -hmm. or pull you out of something that you love. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. and it was just, it it was literally devastating. And one of the things that always made me question, like, what about me? turns people off in that way. And I have had instances like this where I haven't known someone and they have just levied Mm -hmm. uh, some kind of judgment on me and it lays me flat. Mm -hmm. So yes, that is my recollection. (laughs) Well, um, I too, you know, I did it myself and I thought back around a time of rejection or feeling rejected or witnessing rejection and I too had like a, like memories of relationship, friendships, um, boys you like, that type of thing, girls you like, um, and how all that feels. But something that just like screamed at me was my father feeling like my father had rejected my mother, mm. and like our whole like my whole childhood, my whole adolescence, this like witnessing of. In so many ways, in so many ways, in the language he used to talk about her, in like the way that, um, in the way that like, in ways that aren't even like necessarily um, like aggressive or like you could see it just like if she's putting forth something and his response is to like leave. Yeah. You know, like if she's, if she's, if she's talking about something or she's, you know, complaining, I would say complaining, but she's just speaking her truth or she's too animated or she's too, too, right? Exactly that. Like however (laughs) she was being, right? However she was being, his leaving, like the big leaving of like our family, but also like the, the, all the, the leaving. I remember this way that he would come into the house 
to visit us or he'd be there and, and, and she would be there and, and she'd mention something or say something. And all of a sudden he would like get nerd, like he would have to go. Like he was mm. just like, all right, I'm going outside. And I must, I mean, I must have seen him do that. I mean, probably to my adult, like now, you know, like it's just part <laughs> of, and how that just is like, just this constant rejection and how I didn't think about it until I was like, thinking about this recollection of how I um, identify with my mother, like children identify with their parents, identify with their mothers particularly, and how consciously and subconsciously that must have felt or feels like a rejection of me. And how I interpreted that as like being too much. Mm. If you're too much, you will be rejected. Yeah. And how that that has stuck with me my up until right this minute. <laughs> you know, like like <laughs> that kind of, till this second right now of like you're gonna be too much for people and they're gonna reject you. Yep. Um sometimes in the sweetest, most kindest ways. But if it feel is just triggering. It just remind. It just takes you back to all that shit. And yeah, and so <laughs> heavy. And so <laughs> when I was thinking about like feeling rejected, like the thing about children has been my experience. I know to be true is like they love you. Like the kind of love that the kind of the way that a child loves you. Ways that you just even feel like I don't even know if I could possibly deserve the way you love me. Like it's just so abundant so like your children will get giddy about you they will compliment you they will love they will like they will remind you don't you could cuss them out you could be mad at them you could tell and two (laughs) minutes later they'd be like mom you're so pretty you know it's like like, what we doing what we doing now and i'm like yeah yeah, they just just moved on (laughs) yeah they just moved on they just moved on they just love you like i just love you i just love you and you just know and it's just this kind of thing of like to risk that right like to risk that 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 unconditional, that abundant, that aba- unabashed, like that just kind of like, I don't even know, the like, f- like, like, like effervescent love so that you know things about me that I don't want. It just feels like a really, it's a, it's a really big risk um, yeah. to lose. And I think also like losing the pedestal, you know, like, like you become more human yeah. and like, you know, what happens with that loss of reverence or that loss of pedestal or whatever the case may be. And so I felt all of those things. And still, you know, both of us, why (laughs) I wanted to talk to you about this is because both of us have like pushed through. (laughs) Yes. Um, Not, not not always because we wanted to, but because we like, we made choices and the choices had to be shared because we know, and we got, (laughs) we got big kids, we got big kids. And so you tell them things. Hi, boo. Hi. What you doing? I'm making churros and caramel sauce to go with it. Oh, yummy. Yummy. <laughs> yummy. Um, I was thinking about when you, like, I don't know, one day you're watching TV and you just turn around and you, like, ask me if I've ever had an abortion. I did. You don't remember that? Oh, maybe. I think I might. Yeah, I remember that. Maybe-ish. Uh. You say all, you ask me all kinds of things. I do. I ask you a lot of questions. I do not remember that specifically. Mm-hmm. I remember that I have asked you that, but mm-hmm. I don't remember doing it. Um, is there anything you ever feel like you can't ask me? <sighs> I mean, you and I make it clear that we can ask you basically anything, and Moxie's really good at that. 
Moxie's really good at Moxie's it. Moxie's so good at it. Like, the, to the point where sometimes Moxie asks questions, and me and Gloria are like, Moxie, we didn't need to know that. But he asked them anyways, because that's who he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I guess my first question for you is, um, what did you, what, what was the, what was, what was one of the, like, what is something that you shared with your child or your children that you like risked it all, you know, <laughs> like it was like a shame <laughs> or a secret or something that you were like, that you shared. So, okay. Um, the premise of the podcast that I'm on the cheat code is around my relationship with my husband now, who, when I recorded it was not yet my husband. Um, that we met each other when the other was still married to someone else. And subsequently, we both got divorced. And But it, it, it details our affair up until, um, or through my divorce, and then up until wherever it, it leads. And so because we were putting this podcast out, and we recorded it like in 2019, I believe. So, and we... Uh, actually released it in 2020. At the time, my daughter, uh, my oldest was 16. And so this was not something that I could put out in the universe without having a conversation with her. And it required, and at that point I had been divorced or separated, um, divorced and separated from her father for over a decade. So she is very much aware of the fact that we're not together. Um, she's in my part, my husband, Jason's life at the time, my partner, um, so, you know, she knows like the groundwork, but she doesn't know the why. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I chose to sit and have a conversation with her about the details. Um, and when I say details, not the nitty gritty, but the why mm-hmm. of how her father and I broke up and how I met Jason. And mm-hmm. so that risk of this is still her father. They are yeah. very close. Um mm-hmm. In revealing things about me, I also have to reveal some things about him that she is now going to have mm-hmm. to deal with. And also about Jason, who she loves. That, mm-hmm. you know, while not the cause of the demise of our marriage, <laughs> Jason had a big part in the catalyst for our breakup. There was, And that there was mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other things. And so not only am I going to tell her that, I also have to reveal to her some of the things that went materially wrong with me and her dad. So I have to now Mm -hmm. walk back to who I was when I chose to marry him and some of the things and my traumas. And so I am peeling back layers about myself in a way that I don't know any, you know, I don't know. I don't have a model for because, you know, I I certainly was not raised that our parents were human. I was raised do as I say and not as I do. Don't ask me questions Mm -hmm. about the shit that you see. That is definitely suspect. (laughs) You don't see shit. (laughs) I've not done wrong. Why are you so stupid don't, don't that be you curious. can't? Don't be curious. Don't get curious. curious. Don't, don't get curious. Don't grow don't a be brain. Curious over here. Don't ask me yeah, how no, you're no. supposed to clean a bathtub yeah. and I haven't shown you. Like, yeah. we don't question. Like, yeah. y'all are superhuman. Yeah. You grew up knowing how to do all these things and something must be wrong with me because mm-hmm. I don't innately know how to run a household. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I am peeling back layers for my child and revealing my humanity and my shit. Like, Mm-hmm. I cheat on your dad and he cheated on me and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I'm with this person that, and, and it was, I'm looking for the look in her eyes that you can see that, that shift of when she's like, Oh, you're my mom. To all of a sudden you look dusty. 
You understand what I mean? I'm looking for the shine to go away. And, <laughs> and it was such, and she had real questions. And I remember yeah. saying like, you can ask whatever you want to ask. And she had questions mm-hmm. about the timetable. She had questions about how his ex-wife felt. Um, she had questions about like, you know, very practical. She's a Taurus. She's super practical. She had very practical questions. And then some of the hard stuff, she was like, yeah, I don't need to know that much about my parents. Like, I'm good. I'm good here. Like, you've mm-hmm. told me the basics. You told me what I needed mm-hmm. to know. Thank you for being honest. I was like, if you ever want to come back and ask more. And it has opened up our conversations around relationships and what that means. But mm-hmm. that was some hard shit because I expected her to look at me like, you ain't shit. And we're going to have to have some conversations about this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it was something that had to be done because the podcast is super yeah. easy for her to find. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was, I mean, that everything was hard. you're saying, <laughs> oh gosh, everything you're saying is like, oh gosh, so hard. <laughs> because I'm thinking about all of the times, the things that I have real shame about. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because there's a way that, you know, I, I feel like if anybody else was like, I talk to my kids about everything. We talk about everything. You know, you hear people say like, we talk about everything. And it's like, yeah, but what are those things you don't even talk to yourself about? <laughs> what are those things Oof. that you don't even really mention to yourself? Yep. So you really couldn't be talking to anybody about it. So what is this? And I would think, I mean, I have tons of stories, but something that comes to mind particularly to me is that I was... <sighs> And they're always these kids, there was always when I don't expect it. They always just like whatever they and anyway, I don't even remember. I, rem- I remember where I was, but I don't remember what the context of it. But I was sitting on the couch and Blue was like looking at me. We were talking about something. She had watched something on TV and she said to me, you know, have you ever had an abortion? And I would have I left the room. I'ma just give you my straight response. I'd have been like what the entire fuck is happening right now? And I would have left the damn room. I am waiting on your response with bated breath. What did you say? I said, yes. I said, yes. I mean, because that's the truth. But how, you know, how um, I say, I mean, what I always go back to, it is very different. I mean, I have other stories of like when I brought something to them, like I was like, I want to share this with you, like kind of what you're talking about. But I think like that was something that I had the most shame about that when Mm. I had to share it, it was just very like, oh, we're doing this right now. And this kind of was a (laughs) blessing to me because I, I wasn't, I wasn't bringing it. It was just like, I already have decided that I'm being honest. And if you ask me a direct question, like, I don't have to think back, like, what am I going to say? I'm not going to say, I, I already, I've already decided that I was going to say it to you. So I said, yes, <laughs> you know, and I, I talked about, um, it's, it's really, it's, you know, that is complicated and that I've had a miscarriage before also. And that idea of like how that felt and versus choosing not to go through with a pe- pregnancy and, you know, I think for children, for her, you know, the glisten in her eyes, I think a lot of it is like trying to figure out, well, where am I in that? Like, mm-hmm. how how am I here? How do you feel about me? What makes me different than any of these other pregnant? Like, what is all of this? And I just was honest about, I just told my story and the glisten did not go away. <laughs> you know, the eyes, her eyes did not, you know, yes. her did not go away. I'm still me. Um, and not even just that, I think there's like a deepening, a, a, a more kind of, um, it's just this kind of breaking down of the barriers between who we are as people there's like this kind of like now there's like oh i can talk to you about i can this is one more thing i can talk to you about mom yes you know what i mean this is one more thing that i can like be a hundred with you about because you were a hundred versus when i was you know growing up or there was this idea what you were heard is like well if you 
tell your children you did something, you're then going to give them permission to do that same thing. And you don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So if you don't tell them when you had sex, because if you tell them you had sex when you were 15, then they're going to go out and have sex when they're 15. And you don't want that. Because what are you going to say? Because you don't you don't have any you don't have any grounds to tell them they can't and it's this kind of mentality which I think is so deeply rooted in like our oppression around like we think it's because we're trying to protect our children from making the mistakes that we made but in so many ways it's how we don't love ourselves yes we don't give ourselves grace you know we don't give ourselves grace it's so many ways in how we see who we were and how we grew up and what we did and the choices that we made as like bad or less than or makes like it's how we see ourselves. And not wanting our children to see us the way we see ourselves and they see us in these like completely like they see us as brilliant. Thank you. What is this caramel? Yeah. Burning sugar. Add in some cream to make it a sauce instead of just solid burnt sugar. The key is to not add all the cream at once. Otherwise, you'll break the caramel. Well, a lot of reasons why, like, I always say, like, if you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, even, like, even if I don't want to. (laughs) If I don't want to. But it's kind of, and part of it is because I want you to feel like you could tell me the truth even when you don't want to. And, um, I guess I just want to say, you can tell me anything. And I hope even the things that you feel scared to say to yourself. There are a lot of those things. Well, even I, tr- I am trying to get better at confiding in you things that like, because sometimes I don't want to tell you things because I don't want to like scare you or like, I don't know, make you feel guilt mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. like the choices that you've made that's like impacted my life. Mm-hmm. So those things are hard to tell you about. But I am trying to work on that. Yeah. So, <laughs> are there, what did you have to summon in yourself? So, like I said, for me, it was just like I already knew. I was like, mm-hmm. you, if you ask me a question, I'm going to say, what did you have to summon in yourself to do it? Like, like, was it also because you knew the podcast was coming out? You just like, I have to do this? Or like, how did that go? Well, that was part of it, you know, like I had to talk to her and I had to talk to her dad. So there was, I had mm-hmm. to summon like a lot of courage. Um, it, it, not as much with him clearly. He, you know, he's an adult and I was careful in terms of what I said. Um, mm-hmm. and, but for her, I had to push past not only my fear, but helicopter parenting, trying to, save her from every reaction she could possibly have and trying to Mm. smooth over and manipulate how things sound so it would sound better to her or, you know, not make it about herself. Like I had to just say it and let it land and let her ask the questions that she needed to ask. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you and I speak all the time about me having to qualify things because I want to make sure someone Mm -hmm. understands and that their feelings are not hurt. And so in telling the story, I really tried to be as factual as possible and to let her let Mm -hmm. me tell me what she what details she needed to be filled in. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so she did ask about herself kind of in the situation. And I kind of let her know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, for me, 
you were the thing I wanted to protect the most, which is why when everything first went down, I was kind of like, you know, I'm not about staying for kids, but I also was about family. And Mm -hmm. so you were an important part of that for me. And so how are we going to work through this? Are we staying separation, blah, blah, blah. And then when I moved on to my current relationship, we had a long time where she wasn't introduced to him and he wasn't introduced to her. And, you know, my point to her was you are, you are my gift and you are the most important thing to me. And everybody just don't get to access you. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't care how I feel about them. Everybody doesn't have access to you. Um, And also I am careful of the energy I expose you to and all of those things. So I was going to wait until the situation was moving forward to even introduce you to that. And some people have different thoughts Mm -hmm. about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, and and told her, I was selfish. The whole point of this affair was not to be in my real life. It was to be in an escape, you know, in the very beginning of it, it was an escape. It was an unplugging from my real life. And that also means from you, and it's not about you personally, it's about how every mother and father or parent or guardian or what have you feels because you're still an individual person and you still have needs and wants and how people don't want to say that to their children. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, you are, you are a big part of my life and I am, the universe will provide for you. I'm providing for you, what have you, but I'm still my center. And we struggle, Mm -hmm. right? With that because people are like, oh, the kids should be Mm -hmm. the center of your life. And I'm like, if you censor anybody else in your life, you will, you must Mm -hmm. needs be unhappy (laughs) because you are not taking care of yourself. And so, you know, and I was very, I was really, so I I had to summon pushing through shame. I had Mm -hmm. to summon like standing in truth, regardless of how that landed between us and the willingness to stick through the conversation, like not to shut down and not to all of a sudden say, this is a thing you can't have access to. I have now opened this door and we need to be able to continue this conversation until it brings you to a place of closure, comfort, or just you can't take no more. Mm -hmm. Like this is we're here until you're here. And and it's cyclical, right? So I can't say we're going to have this conversation now and then we can never have it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are the next, like, what are the next reveals? Like, what are the things cool. that are still, um, that you're still having to like? Well, we recently became open about, you know, my um, indulgence in the herbal remedies. So, you know. Okay, th- that okay, was, you know, okay. That was, that was easier. Um, <laughs> that was easier than I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um the next reveals, sheesh, uh, I am very open with her around a lot of my mistakes. Mm. Uh, this, this, this definitely freed me up to talk to her about, about most things, about all sorts of mm-hmm. shit that I don't feel good about. Mm-hmm. It also mm-hmm. um, freed me up to say, I am winging this shit. I get this wrong mm-hmm. all the time. So I think I'm in a constant state of revelation and the hardest things for me are to go back and say, I really fucked that up this morning. Like the way I handled you, um, the way that I handled the situation, the way I spoke or just revealing sometimes like this is my anxiety and here's how it manifests in our day to day. Like, so for example, me and her are notorious for getting into early morning, why the hell can't you get your ass out of the house conversations that escalate to yelling (laughs) and all this shit. And you wake up hours and hours before and somehow you're still late getting out the door. Yes. And I finally had a conversation with her this year and I was like, 
It actually is my anxiety because if you're late, you're late. The consequences are yours. It is my anxiety around time. It is my anxiety around um, things having to be a certain way. And it's my shame around feeling like I'm fucking up as a mother if I can't get my kid to school mm-hmm. on time. It is my mm-hmm. anxiety mm-hmm. around your father being like, why can't you get her where she needs to be on time? Which he's never done. But still, you know, it is around, you know, I feel the judgment and expectation of what I'm supposed to do as a mother. And you're getting all the brunt of that. And she's looking at me like, why is this so deep for you? It's really literally that I can't get these pins in my hair. <laughs> The way I want my like my twist out isn't twisting out, and this is all that's it's happening. A big thing. Why you is this know all... high school? It's real. It's real. Getting ready is real. Getting ready. Getting is ready real. is real. And it's so real. I don't. I don't know. I think it's. You know, she hasn't. We haven't had the abortion conversation. Like, but we've had the conversation around what she would do if she was like, you know, mm-hmm. su- suddenly pregnant at this. And suddenly is funny mm-hmm. because she kind of mm-hmm. not suddenly. Um, yeah. But like, what she, what yes. her choice would be. We've had. You know, we have very real and open conversations. Um, so I don't know what my next big reveal was. I, but I, I, yeah. I will tell you. I will tell you. I know you will. I know she kinda I will tell, say, you know, um, she kind of asks me everything all the time. So it is interesting what you're saying around like once you once you let release a shame, it makes it so much easier to just like roll with it and yes. continue to like release those things. And your children, you know, they, you know, something that came to mind for me and I just want to say it's so so I'm learning I you know around knowing who your parents really are and how much that is helpful and mm-hmm. guidance I remember like not too long ago I was on a you know I was out with my mother and we with all my my siblings like we're all like sitting around the table talking about some shit and I don't know how it came up but we started talking about strip clubs and my mother told me a whole story about how she went to a strip club and I remember I, I can't picture I was it like, because I know your mother. What? I'm just saying. Yes, just and I, say. I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you know, your father took me to a strip club when we were da- when we first were dating and describing all these things. And I was like, do you know the conversations we could have had if I knew that you went to a strip club? I can't even. I was, you know, what, like, you would have saved me all like, sorts of time and grief. <laughs> so much things that we could have discussed and I would have like I would it would have been such a blessing to know that you've had these experiences and there's a way that when we keep ourselves from our children we like the shames right like she wasn't saying it because she was ashamed like she was like that's not something you talk to your children about I don't even know how I feel about that I did that that time you know like all that stuff yeah, yeah. and really what you're doing is you are you are like cheating your children out of a valuable teacher, which is you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you're, che- you're, you're cheating them. And you're taking away some of their chance to be human because you're not mm-hmm. showing them your humanity and so f- and and therefore allowing them to be human. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like if, mm-hmm. if this person that you think of as this all-knowing th- person and this person who's responsible for me can mess up and say it, mm-hmm. I am also then allowed, and she's kind to herself about it, I can... Be kind mm-hmm. to my, like when I first told my, <laughs> I finally told Naya about my first time. And I was like, not only did that, was that shit whack and it hurt like hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, but I told mm-hmm. her I made the choice. Like it wasn't anything for, like mm-hmm. I was tired of hearing mm-hmm. about it. Um, I was mm-hmm. tired of the anxiety about it. And I chose this person and I made the choice. And I was like, you know, what I would do again is differently is this, but this is who I was at the, the at 15 mm-hmm. And, you know, was it the best choice? Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> and then mm-hmm, I told her mm-hmm. how this, how this person ended up. And I was like, I don't even want to tell you where he is now, just to let you know. I was like, I but, can't, I can't. 
that, that's that's really revealing. And I'm like, that's and good. came that's from good. My, well, can, I'm like, came from my neighborhood. You know, the I don't think I'll ever be ready for family, that. all that shit. Yeah, and I'm like, and now think. this Negro is son, son, serving multiple life sentences. But you know, nah, you cannot, you can't predict nah. that at 15. And she's looking at me and I, dying. Yeah. She's dying laughing, nah. and I'm like, that might since be hard. Showing show like, my, show my children, my, my my list of exes, I don't think that's not. I don't think they. So that you said would, list. They might not going down the list. We not. We didn't. They do that. might. They might look at me differently. Oh, okay. Okay. I want to say thank you so much for sharing, for doing this, like for always, like for just being who you are. Um, I love you so much. Love um, you back. And yes, bye. Bye. Raising Rebels is produced by Queer Media, a family production company specializing in audio and visual art through a black queer lens. This episode was edited by Randy Chapman at Wordy Productions. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Raising Rebels Pod. Or email us at raisingrebels at queermedia.co.